I was just watching Naomi Osaka play tennis, aka the coolest person of all time. She really is the coolest person of all time, huh? She was wearing these, I think they're like Comme des Garçons collab, yeah. Nike tennis Sneakers. shoes. Yeah, on court, they're amazing. With like the sort of comb, like scrawly text on the side. Yeah, that's, I, I love that they had never dressed a celebrity before. And then they were just like, okay, yeah, she's, she's really good. Let's do we should it. Do, we should do a whole tennis episode at some point. Yeah. Um, because it's just, it's just like truly the ultimate vibe. I know it is um, the ultimate vibe. Everyone's doing it. I gotta say, I'm feeling dangerous on the court. You are? Do you have little tennis balls that say Sam, like served by Sam Hine? <laughs> well, <laughs> after every match I play, I sign them with a Sharpie and I hit them into the stands. You know. Right. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Noah's doing uh, Noah's doing an Andre Agassi thing. I don't know if you've noticed. He's got like the full lettuce flow out of the back mm-hmm. with the headband. Yeah, the headband is like the crucial part of that. And and Noah definitely has some denim shorts, a lot of mm-hmm. high socks. Yeah. And on Agassi's sneakers were always like a little skatery. You know, they were so big and like yeah. beefy and they had a lot of padding and stuff. Like airwalks. Yeah, Noah's not here this week. Um as, as, as our listeners may have guessed. Um, if you see him wandering around Greenpoint with a skateboard, uh, please return him to One World Trade Center. Yeah, please, please send him back. Yeah, uh, we miss him. Uh, no, Noah, was, he was editing this beastly package for the October issue, so he's taking a much And when you guys see off. this package, you'll think, wow, I mean, I'm glad he took off that episode of Corporate Lunch because this package is really sick. Yeah. You'll be like, I cannot believe that one man edited this entire thing. I actually can't believe it. I know, it's kind of crazy. It is really crazy. Maybe we should have helped him more, but we decided (laughs) to take corporate lunch instead. Yeah, we have our priorities straight. Uh, No, it is not, uh, but that's okay. Oh, Adam's here. Hey, Adam. Hello. Adam, I'm moving to a better taping location. (laughs) So everyone's getting a tour of my house which is great for the theme today. <laughs> oh, right, exactly. Why don't you walk us through it? Now, tell us what you were thinking about this, those shades. Yeah, yeah we need some play-by-play you, commentary. I have to ask if you ever watched Cribs growing up. That's why you got into the business that you're in, right? <laughs> oh, I loved Cribs. Oh my God, are you kidding me? It was amazing. Yeah, it was really major. I really liked, I, I liked that everything, like when they, when they sort of, they would shoot certain things with a fisheye camera. So it was like, now we're taking you to the garage and it would be like Cameron's like cars with this fisheye camera. Totally. I was, I was really into it. I mean, it was, it was so fun, especially, I mean, some, some more than others. There were some that were pretty whatever, but I mean, I'll never forget like Missy Elliott's house. It really did. It really did do something. I think it's just such a, it's such a, a great, like, I mean, it could be like materialistic and capitalistic in all the wrong ways, but also it could be such a wonderful expression of like just people doing their thing and like celebrating like, you know, what money can yeah. buy. <laughs> so I mean, it's kind of cool. Yeah. My most distinct memory from, from watching Cribs growing up was like every male celebrity when they would show the bedroom would sort of gesture at yeah. the bed and be like, this is where the magic happens. Yeah. The yeah, magic happens. Uh, and I yeah. think when I was like 10, I was sort of traumatized by that. I was like, what, is, what the fuck does that mean? I know. 
Yeah, it's actually, it really does play through my head like every time I walk into a master bedroom or something. Yeah, you're like, okay, so client, this is where the magic happens. <laughs> magic happens. Yeah, we're putting the waterbed right here. Yeah, exactly. A rotating heart-shaped waterbed with a with baby squid inside of it. Oh, like swimming around that you could see. Oh, yeah. I mean, what's a waterbed? <laughs> there are living things inside of it. Wow. Okay, well, I really want to keep going down this track, but I feel like I should also introduce you. <laughs> um, okay. So joining us today, in spite, well, I should say, right before you jumped on, we were talking about how Sam, this is Sam, Sam, this is Adam. Uh, Sam has just moved apartments. And he said, well, what should my, you know, decorating scheme be? And I said, well, you need to call Adam Charla Pyman. <laughs> um, and so somewhat selfishly, we decided that uh, we should have you as our podcast guest this week. Um, design, I think, is something that so many people at GQ are so curious about. And I feel like you have the most advanced eye of any young man I know. <laughs> um, so Adam has an architecture and design practice that's based in New York and Los Angeles, correct? You're bi-coastal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you do everything from galleries to houses to opera sets. You've done our friend uh, Cynthia Talmadge's uh, exhibition at 56 Henry, where you created yeah. a funeral a, a funeral parlor, parlor in, in essence. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, and you've also created lamps. You've done rugs. You've done wallpaper that you've designed yourself. So you're here to drop some serious design knowledge in this episode of Corporate Lunch. Hone the eye through the ear. Adam, where are you? Where are you calling in from? Uh, uh, just home in New York. I love the tapestry behind you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's a pretty extra backdrop for this call. I know everyone. <laughs> It's in front of it, so it's it's just a sensible place to sit for an hour. Yeah. So yeah, that's the zoom. That's like the best zoom backdrop I've seen. Yeah, I do agree. It's quite. It's a good one because there aren't you know there are no people in it, so you don't have this weird. You know how the faces and tapestries are. It can get right. a little gnarly. right. Sort of haunted. All yeah, I, I think to to start, why don't um, before we start talking about my apartment, um, why don't, why don't we talk about your um your practice a little bit and when you started um how it you know i know there's sort of a a funny backstory about how it came about um that was almost through happenstance right when you um met your partner uh, who had been a friend of yours at RISD um can you yeah. just give us a little background on how that came about and um and what you do yeah, and what sure. kinds of things you do yeah totally so we um we have a practice that's based between new york and la and uh, he's an architect and I'm a furniture designer and interior designer. So I met Andre at RISD and I always admired his work from afar. I had seen like this amazing glass kind of skyscraper that he had designed and he'd made this beautiful model of it and it was inspired by a Gothic cathedral. So it, it was in the woods in Germany and it was like this crazy skyscraper glass with like a very pointy Gothic design element. Like spires? Yeah. And it was coming yeah. out of like the the woods in, in Bavaria and it was just so wild. Anyway, so I, I'd seen that and I kind of knew him like socially a little bit, but then um, I was looking for a photographer to document my apartment and he was um, taking lots of photographs for people's portfolios. 
um, and just was sort of known as a good photographer as well as architect. And um, and uh, I had him over and I had kind of made my studio apartment uh, a little bit of a, a, a kind of a set piece that was inspired by, um, by this editor, um, Nikki de Gunsberg, who had lost, uh, he was like an, an editor of Harper's and, and Vogue. And he, he had lost every, he had this very glamorous childhood um, and grew up sort of partially like in the Creon Hotel, which his parents owned. But then um, he, he was Jewish and they had lost everything and they'd come to New York in the Second World War. And he sort of found himself as this like editor guy. And he was, um, he was known as like the Baron of Seventh Avenue or something like that. <laughs> the garbage district. But anyways, he, he wound up living in like one room of a townhouse, um, like a really grand room of a townhouse in the Upper East Side. And he just had like all these family portraits everywhere. And it was just one room, but done sort of as if it were the salon of a much larger apartment. Mm-hmm. And he had like disguised his bed as a day bed, but it was really where he slept and that kind of thing. And anyway, so I, I had this idea to do something that was like a riff on 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 his apartment because I was living in like a parlor floor, like, you know, big, nice room. And anyways, Andre had this great idea to document the room with different cameras at different times of day um, and to create a kind of album um, of the project of the space that uh, suggested it had been lived in and done over a long period of time and that it was really, you know, real that way that I had imagined it. So it was really cool. And we just connected over over that and that kind of whole idea of playing with time and interiors and photography. And um, and then when, after we graduated, he, he took a year longer because architecture school is longer. And we reconnected on a project site um, because he was working on a townhouse for an architecture firm for which I had been hired to do the interiors when I was just working on my own and, uh, and got along so well doing that project that we wound up um, deciding to kind of, you know, do it again and um, under our own firm. So that's how we got started. Well, I guess I just, one thing that I'm so curious about is like, you blend, I mean, obviously you design a lot of your own pieces, but you also have just this incredible um, sense for like, some in some cases they're antique pieces, in some cases they're more recent antique pieces. Like, I, I actually had f- sort of found out about Nicola L through you. I'm not as like big of a furniture head as I should be. So like, I should have known who she was before, but, um, but like, how do you sort of, a lot of what you do, I presume is like searching. It's like a lot of research and then like searching for these kinds of pieces, right? Yeah. So how do you do that? Like, what is your research process like? Well, I guess, I mean, there's a very personal kind of research process, but then there's the research process that goes into working with a client on a given project. I mean, the personal stuff mm-hmm. is just like, I guess, you know, just classic, like I, I, once you know about one thing, then you read about it and then you find out about 10 other things that you should know that are the reasons that the thing you liked at the beginning exists. So, you know, it's just a fun web, I guess. And once you get into furniture design history, you're really getting into, I mean, just the history of cultures and cities and the world. And it becomes tied in with so many other things that 
um, you know, everyone is interested in. So it's, I guess, you know, that's a pretty broad answer to that question, but that it, it's kind of just like that. And you, you can ride a wave, you know, you find one thing you're interested in and then you're like, oh, I really like, you know, I really like, um, what, what would it be? I really like Gaetano Pesci. And then you find out about Nicola mm -hmm. L. And you're like, okay, well, I think Gaetano Pesci is here because Nicola L was here a little bit. And then mm -hmm. you like Nicola L and you find out that um, she's here because like Man Ray was here. So then you, you get mm -hmm. Man Ray and then you learn that like, you know, he was hanging out at a house that Frank Lloyd Wright designed in Los Angeles that's like your favorite house. And then, you know, it becomes a yeah, circle, yeah. circle kind of thing. And uh yeah, and I guess the more you learn about anything, the more interesting it becomes. So I guess a lot of times, like personally, what I try to do when I'm thinking about furniture is if I, uh, you know, if I like it, I'm, I'm not that interested to, to, I think it's a really fun game to play with yourself. You know, if you hate it or you're repulsed by it, what, um, yeah. you know, what's going on there, like, you know, there must be, there, there's probably like a kernel of something really good. Um, and yeah. once you would understand it, you would, you know, potentially love it. So yeah, that's kind of one way <laughs> to approach it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think when the layman um, thinks of doing research on interiors, two things come up. One is Pinterest and the other one is Instagram. Right. And I'm sure you're, you know, familiar with like a lot of the stuff that you see on those platforms is, is very similar. You know, it's all kinds of like the same popular aesthetics. Um, where should people go to do this like deeper, more scholarly research? Is, are there any like seminal texts that you recommend or is it like, you know, you or gotta movies. get back issues, back issues of AD uh, yeah. movies? Yeah, yeah I mean, um, well, one thing I will say actually is I think Instagram can be a really good source of information, it just depends who you follow, obviously. So mm -hmm. I think like one- Everyone follow Adam. That yeah. would you. <laughs> start there. Well, start there, we'll start there. One thing that I, I like about Instagram is following people from kind of like, uh, I guess just an older generation, like people who have a very different relationship to social media and are using it in like a way that maybe to us seems kind of unconventional as like the mm -hmm. sort of, the generation that saw like the genesis of this like I think maybe uh it's really fun to follow like a few people who kind of like use it in a different way and are documenting like yeah. crazy lives that are not the lives that you see on Instagram all the time um so like yeah I think you know finding like the old the old ladies in Italy on Instagram is like a really good uh place yeah. to start on Instagram <laughs> um like yeah, that, so that's one idea. And then um, I, I, well, I love, I mean, I love movies. So I guess, I mean, I, I could just suggest some movies, but I think, well, very close to my heart are, are Antonioni movies and all the sets in those movies. I mean, specifically the kind of defining like Antonioni trilogy, La Notte, Laclise, and Laventura, the sets from the 60s are just, the coolest, the coolest spaces, like the, 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 the single 
guy character in those movies who's sort of like a playboy and an artist or a poet and um, like can never stay with one girlfriend. It always has the most amazing apartment. Yeah. And, um, and he worked with, with architects of the time and used like significant houses and buildings. And so it actually is like really historically quite interesting, but um, they just look really cool too. So that's a fun, a fun direction. And then, I mean, there are old magazines that are just fantastic. I mean, kind of Holy Grail would be Nest magazine, you know, which was put out and edited by Joe Holtzman. And there's a book that he edited that's really an amazing place to look for inspiration. It's called Rooms and um, he, he edited it and it's all photos by Derry Moore, who's one of the great interiors photographers um, like of all time. And he, they, they made this amazing book uh, called Rooms that's just a wide variety of spaces um, all over the world. And it's, it's a really good one. Yeah, but Nest Magazine is great, a really unconventional approach to interiors. Um, some of the most amazing spaces ever are in that magazine. And some of the weirdest topics that are related to interior design are covered. I mean, there's like a whole issue on prisons and there's a whole, wow. there's very some very like uh interesting stuff going on in that magazine but um that's a wonderful wonderful place to start like thinking about interiors in an interesting way um and um lots of artists spaces were in that magazine you know kind of things that wouldn't be in a con more conventional decor mag um wound up in nest um maybe uh I think some fun other things to think about. Oh, there's a great series um, that uh, is from, I guess, the 80s. And it's um, Barbara Lee Diamondstein Spielvogel, um, best name. And uh, yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she had this great house, by the way, that um, is called Bonnie Dune, and it's in Southampton. And it's the house from the Woody Allen movie Interiors. That's like this kind of crazy pitch group. Mm -hmm. So she she had that house. But anyway, she made a series um, that was at Parsons and it was filmed. And I, I don't remember what channel it was on, but anyways, it's all on YouTube. And she interviewed all of the, the most amazing interior designers at the time um, and uh, and asked them really hard questions about you know how they bill and you know how they work with clients <laughs> and she, she interviewed this whole spectrum. There's like a Mario Boada one. Um, cool. There's um, Dongia, there's Ward Bennett who talks about how he doesn't answer his phone three days a week. And you're like wondering how. Wow, that's a good idea. Rockefeller. <laughs> but it, this amazing kind of things you would never, you would never know. John Saladino and Joe Durso. And she talks about high tech style, English country style on Park Avenue. I mean, the whole range of like the 80s. That sounds amazing. Great. And she's, she's a great interviewer. And um, uh, so that's really fun. I mean, that's just hours of, of, of watching. Mm -hmm. So yeah, maybe that's good. A good. So Adam, how do you bill? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I'm just kidding. Well, I, I do want to know though, um, what do you think makes a good chair? Um, I think, um, I guess that's kind of like asking what makes anything cool or good. Um, 
I would probably define a good, you know, good chair, good piece of furniture as something that, you know, asks questions and also explains things, something that really speaks eloquently about, uh, about something larger than itself. So like uh, a chair that, you know, really is quintessential of a period or a place or a maker or, you know, a material even, you know, just something mm -hmm. that's sort of a crystal clear expression of um, some idea, I think, is a great kind of starting point to thinking about if a chair is cool. Um, it's like, is it the most that it can be? Um, and that, that's probably how I would approach it. Oh my God, I now hate every chair I own. <laughs> my chairs, my chairs don't ask any questions. Oh no, I mean, maybe that's not too pedantic. I don't know, I don't want to. No, I'm no, it's not at all. Rachel, it's I was gonna say that it's great material to, you know, as you think about relaunching chairs of Instagram. Chairs of my home, yeah. Chairs of, chairs of your home, yeah, your, yeah. your seminal Instagram I don't know uh, story I series. I did an Instagram series where I just talked through different chairs that are in my house. Oh my gosh, wow. Yeah. Adam, have your client, have any of your clients come back to you since um, the pandemic started and, and, and asked, you know, your opinion on uh, working from home and like the home desk situation? This is, so this is what I'm really like struggling with as I, as my new apartment comes together is like, okay, where do I work and what am I going to work on? Um, I bought a nice office chair, but now I'm sort of reconsidering it. And, and I'm wondering like, like what to you is like kind of a necessary and be like just like nice beautiful. to have around and beautiful and like things that make the home office environment like exciting and stimulating um as opposed to just like a you know nice functional place to work um have you been asked about that or, or thought about that at all um a little bit yeah um i guess i've been asked to think a lot about like how people can have their kids at home or like how like mm -hmm. all day and you know making interesting like sequence, like figuring out how, a, how different spaces in the house can become part of a sequence of a day that feels exciting to somebody that's inside all day. Um, mm -hmm. So that has, that has certainly come up. Um, and also, um, yeah, we're working with like a few businesses to figure out how they can make rooms where they can have video calls <laughs> um, that are, you know, not, um, you know, not, designed to actually really be in, but maybe it's a place to like show art to a client that you're meeting with remotely or something like that. Um, whereas they might've just come into a, a white gallery space now, you know, that's not really an interesting way to look at a painting on a screen. Back up, back up the tapestry truck. Let's go. Yeah. We need tapestry on every surface actually. <laughs> and then they can hang the art on it. Um, yeah. yeah, definitely patterns everywhere. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I think, I guess it's pretty personal, like what, what people need to do with their offices. But I would think that the idea of kind of coming up with sequences is really important. I mean, just for myself, uh, I can say that, you know, having different spaces to do different parts of your work, if you yeah. can, is really cool. So like being able to work at a dining table versus a sofa versus actually leaning into being able to work in your bed, like maybe is, and like figuring out how that can be not like 
weird and and um, like bum out is is probably a really good idea. So like thinking through like what what the most amount what the most diverse kind of grouping of places you can work is, and then making those places like as comfortable and productive as possible. Um, and then it would also seem that like lighting is an issue for a lot of people and just like really taking care of that um, and making sure that yes, there is sort of nice lighting and there's comfortable lighting, but also if you're working in a place, sometimes you need really bright light and like having that option, um, I think is good. So you, you would say it's cool to work in bed. I think it's cool to work in bed, yeah. Oh, I love that. Especially if you have a personal assistant that sits next to you and takes notes. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a that's the part that I'm missing. But maybe my boyfriend can do that. I've I actually have really I love writing in bed. Yeah. And then editing out of the bed. That's interesting. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Writing writing drunk and editing sober. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. <laughs> the new version of that. Yeah. What you, I've noticed that um, Sam and I were talking about how a lot of times you use carpets as um, as bedspreads. Yeah. Where did you, is that something that, did you borrow that from Proust? Did he do that? Yeah, I mean, it's a Victorian thing, definitely <laughs> Proust. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, all those kind of like um, crazy, like Bella Poke interiors all have, you know, rugs as uh, tablecloths or bedding, I mean, and also on the wall, and they make tents out of them that are inside the house. And, you know, it's sort of part of a whole, like, I guess, maybe I'm not in the Victorian part of it, it's coming from like, sort of Orientalist kind of fantasy. Um, but yeah, I think I got really into it because Nuriev had this, he had this amazing apartment in Paris, and um, he had rugs sort of on everything. And uh, and there's there's a few rugs on beds that are really nice. <laughs> Do you have an apartment that you think of as being like your favorite apartment or home of all time? Mm. I don't think I can choose just one. But I mean, I could say, I think, I think, yeah, there are a few, I mean, Definitely. Okay, so Guy Lenti made an apartment in the 70s for the Pucci family in Florence on like the top floor of their palazzo. And she did a lot of it with sort of carpet and stainless steel. And then there are these like elements of the Renaissance poking through everywhere. So there's like a big, a giant pillow that looks to be about like five feet by five feet, let's say in the middle of this kind of modular, really low stainless steel uh, seating area. It's so electric and it's so cool. And also just looks like a really fun place to hang out or to do much of anything. It's like a real, everything is low. All the furniture is really low to the ground. Um, so it's very, in, very much inviting a kind of like horizontal living, which is also really <laughs> like compelling to me. Um, hence, I guess, working from bed. But I, I think, yeah, I, I love that apartment. There's so much there. Um, I guess I also like think in my head of, um, yeah, the apartment of Nelson Rockefeller by Jean-Michel Franck, um, in, you know, above, um, Michael's across from MoMA, that, mm -hmm. um, that, uh, apartment is just like one of the most amazing places I can think of. Um, and 
the way that he worked with artists to make panels that are installed into the walls. Like there's like a Matisse kind of surround of the fireplace and um, the wood paneling is so beautiful, very kind of thirties. Um, and he designed the rugs and the furniture and the colors are all just so warm and um, fun. And it's sort of sophisticated, but also like really playful. And um, there's like really good art, but then very like childish moments that feel very lighthearted. It's, it's a great apartment. Yeah, maybe those are my, my top two. Are there any eras of design uh, that you feel are underappreciated um, that you think people should be looking at a little bit closer? I mean, obviously, mid-century modern is such a is such like a you know abiding trend. Um, but is there stuff that you're looking at that that um, you think is is exceptionally compelling that doesn't get a lot of shine or, or or interest from people that that sort of takes clients by surprise maybe when you suggest it yeah yeah I um I yeah there are a few I I'm really interested in um well Weimar style so that kind of like German interwar stuff which is very scary it's kind of like an art nouveau but for Germany and um it's very you know it, it it has it has like violence in it, which is a bit creepy, but it also has like, you know, the 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 thought behind a lot of really like um liberal and like radical ideas that were percolating at that time in Germany. So it's um it's a it's a cool style and there's a lot about that period I think that we don't really learn about in design programs in the US because we think of it as just sort of all leading up to like Germany in the Second World War. And so it's sort of like all bad, but it's actually, of course, like as anyone would expect, it's a total mix and it's very complicated. And there was extraordinary creativity and people were taking crazy drugs and designing textiles and like doing all sorts of lampshades that are the most amazing lampshades that I've ever seen in my life. and. Um, really thinking about the use of textiles and how textiles change spaces and like optical illusions with textiles and just wild stuff. So I, I've been learning a lot from that and just been trying to learn as much about it as I can, which is actually kind of hard to do. Um, there's not a lot in English and I don't speak German. Um, it's really like a rejected part of, of you know, like history here. Um, I also have been really excited about um, Meiji period in Japan, you know, which is the Victorian period in Japan. And they were doing a lot of Western, you, you see a lot of Western forms, but upholstered in um, Japanese textiles, which is just such a crazy combination to me. So it's like kind of Victor in the clothing, it would be like, you know, Victorian outfits, but all, all the parts of a Victorian outfit that you can think of, but then made out of, incredible um, Japanese prints. And then same for wow. furniture, like Victorian furniture and lighting, but made out of the Japanese textiles. And that, it just kills me. Um, so that's another one. And then the one that I think always surprises my clients that um, I've, been tr I've been foisting on people for years and they just won't accept it, uh, is uh, Napoleon III, uh, I mean, the Proust, the Proustie stuff. Um, yeah. Zola, all of that 
world. That furniture, which is just so extra, lots of things with plants coming out of them and um, very kind of alien forms that are sometimes made out of paper mache, a lot of paper mache furniture. And I just think all of it looks like some crazy sea creature. Um, and it's like very, you know, you would think of it as like the definition of bourgeois. It's, it's very extra, everything inlaid with like shells. And um, uh, I'm, I love that. And um, actually you see it all the time a lot. I think a lot of other people thought, think of it as quite abstract and weird and a bit radical too. Because you know you see the Napoleon the Third furniture in like all these great interiors um, of of your like Helena Rubinstein was obsessed with it and had it always like in the mix with her Picassos and like um, Frances de Menil had it in the Philip Johnson design house that she had in Texas and it's in like all the Godard movies. There's always a cameo of a Napoleon the Third chair. Um, Peggy Guggenheim she had it. So I mean so, you know. People were into it, but it's it's yeah. it's unpalatable right now for some reason. It looks very grotesque. So a lot of the a lot of the bathrooms that of yours that I've seen uh, tend to look like bathrooms from when pl like indoor plumbing first existed. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like they're quite hygienic. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Something I really like that too. Down, you know, you want to be able to just hose the yeah. whole. The whole yeah, every <laughs> surface should be tiled. Um, yeah, I, I love that stuff. I mean, I love thinking about that period when, you know, actually it was right after the Spanish flu. And um, people were thinking so much about hygiene in totally new ways. And I mean, it was just, it was also the whole, the whole time period, but I think it is related to, um, to that pandemic. And, um, and, you know, these sort of Bauhaus bathrooms always really captivated me. Um, but even early, even a little earlier, like sort of Titanic style bathrooms, um, where every, every inch mm -hmm. of it is tiled. I just think that's so great. And people were really just beginning to understand what it would mean to make a kind of clinical space. And then when you get to the Bauhaus bathrooms or, or like Mally Stevens doing, you know, very hygienic Bases. It's so incredible to me because they would do these very modern, austere kind of rooms out of tile, but they were too early. It was too early, like in history, for them to be able to get a modern sink, for instance. So mm -hmm. they would, it would be this like really modern space in this really crazy, like modern villa somewhere in France. And then there's like a, a really classical looking sink that's supposed to look like a top mm -hmm. of a column or something. Yeah, it's so it's so funny. I love that like mashup of the of the things, like really the pageantry of of uh, hygiene. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Titanic had a really strange design scheme in that way, as yeah you were alluding to, because yeah. it really did have that very like those very dense sort of interiors with like lots of lots of carpets and tapestries and like really thick furniture, but then these like very yeah, like the clinical bathrooms. Yeah, and the gymnasium yeah. and stuff. Oh, the gymnasium yeah. and the Titanic is amazing. amazing. My whole approach now to decorating my apartment has been turned on its head. Here, here I was thinking, okay, I need to, um, you know, uh, look for things that are gonna be very aesthetically pleasing and sort of easy and work well with the space. And now I'm, 
I'm questioning that and I'm thinking, okay, should I be trying to embrace the grotesque and the violent and the things that scare me? Uh, <laughs> I think I, I think I should. That's my message me. for you yeah. today. Yeah. Uh, not what Thanks I was expecting, me. but I'm into it. Well, what I want to know is, is where do you tend to source the things that you, mm. you know, the furniture and the furnishings that you put in apartments? I, I assume you have a pretty um, expansive, you know, vision and, and, and sort of are able to travel a lot and, and, and find places in, in sort of more out of the way locations. But, um, you know, where, where are like the good places to look and um, where are the places to find like really special things that most people don't, wouldn't really think about, you know, instead of just going to like first dibs or whatever, which I'm, you know, which is great, obviously, but yeah, what's like, what's the inside intel there? Um, well, I mean, yeah, first dibs is great, obviously, but um, I, I, as an alternative to first dibs, it's very similar. Um, Pomono is really great. I mean, I'm sure you've like wound up on it. It's, it's a German. It's Italian or, or German. Yeah, it's German based, but there's a lot of Italian dealers and you kind of get a lot of things that look really, really new to like an American eye basically and maybe are sort of um, underrated in Europe. I don't know. Um, because the, the, the sort of the, to, to me, I always think, oh, what a steal, you know? And then, but maybe if you're Italian, you just think, oh, that's like the most expensive crap ever. But I, I'm always like, oh my God, this is incredible. So I, I like that place and they, they have good shipping rates. So getting things from Europe through Pomono seems to always be cheaper than like going to the dealer yourself and trying to yeah. work it out, which is kind of a compelling aspect of, of that website. Um, and there's just a lot and it's very fun to just search for things like pages and pages and pages because it's just really not the stuff you would see from a bunch of antique stores as amazing as they may be in like Hudson or um, in like Pennsylvania or something like that. So yeah, I like that. And um, I mean, it's pretty addictive and scary. Um, so I don't know if I would want to you know, be the person that really recommends this to your audience. But I mean, auctions are just the most fun and going on like invaluable.com and making an account and setting up the alerts for things that you like as you learn about things that you like. I mean, I learn about so much just by looking at auctions. For instance, like, you know, an auction comes up and you're like, you find it because you've been looking for this one thing, right? And then it winds up in the collection of somebody who's auctioning all their stuff. And then you learn about all these other things that someone else that liked the thing that you liked also liked. And I mean, it can become so fun and so expensive. <laughs> but also, I mean, I will say is a really great place to get some, to, to get some great deals. I mean, there's just incredible stuff out there. And um, sometimes you, know, you really are lucky and everybody has their great auction stories. Um, so I love looking at auctions and like, you know, a site like Invaluable is an aggregator. So, you know, you're seeing like all, all bunch of places um, all over the world. All right, well, I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm gonna heed your warning and I think I am gonna create an invaluable account and, um, and just get, and get, you know, we'll see if I get in over my head or not. Yeah, but. and you have that sounds like a good time to me. Yeah, you have to set up those alerts. I mean, and you get yeah. them like every morning. And um, it's, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a dream or a night.
I mean, you're talking to people who do that, who did that with clothing, you know, right. yeah. pretty much 24 seven. Yeah. So, right. so you know the drum. Um, yeah. Should we play standard band? <laughs> yeah, we should. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of about standard band. <laughs> if there's anything that you don't want to go on the record as banning or standing, then just tell us and we okay. can just cut it out. All right. Rachel, okay. do you want to kick off standard band? I think, I think, okay. I, I don't know if this needs so much introduction for our listeners. It's pretty, um, it'll, it'll, it's pretty self-evident pretty self, what standard self band is. Yeah. So this okay. is our new segment on corporate lunch. Grand millennial style. Standard band. 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 <laughs> well, why? I hope that I understand what, what is grand mill? I, I thought you were talking about like, kind of, the wing meets um, museum of ice cream type of thing. Is that millennial style? Well, it's grand millennial style is like um, millennials who are really into like chintz and plaids and like a mishmash of tapestries and kind of like, you know, like a nightmare version. Yeah, needlepoint, like a nightmare version of English country style. Okay, yeah, I, I stand, yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. Oh, great. I was surprised by your ban. I was like, damn, okay, oh. this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> complicated. No, sorry. No, I thought I thought you were talking about something else. Okay. Well, millennial style ban. Ban. I mean that's the, that's just from me personally. Where we are. I think it's so interesting how all those companies have kind of collapsed and everything is falling apart that looked like that. It I think right. we'll think back on this that period and we'll say, oh, that was, you know, the way that we think of like Weimar style, we're like, look at what that do. <laughs> we're gonna be like, look at what pink got us. It, we had a pandemic, yeah. we have Trump, like all those companies, they just look the same. Like, it's just, it, it, it's gonna look dark to us. It's gonna be like the forbidden, the forbidden history. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, Stan or Ban, Shaker Furniture. Stan. Yeah, okay, yeah. great. Same. Yeah, it's Me the too. best ever. Essential, beautiful. Noguchi Here. lamps. Stan, I love Noguchi yeah. lamps. Love, yeah. So so delicate and sculptural and um, like otherworldly when they're on. They're just amazing, always amazing, and and not and not uh, so expensive either, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Is That's the tone I... is the tone of Noguchi lamps quite like yellow? Is that yeah? Or is it, or is it more just like soft? It's like a soft warm lamp. It's not necessarily yellow. I think it's as yellow as the bulb you put in it, but because it's paper, you know, just, it is a pretty nice light. And um, they're such beautiful forms. And I, I love that they're still made, you know, that they, they are not so precious in a way. Like, it's yeah. cool, yeah. Uh, okay, the Memphis group, standard band. Um, yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, because definitely Stan Memphis, but Ban, like, you know, everybody that's inspired by Memphis now making things that look kind of like Memphis, but with pastel colors. Nightmare. Mm-hmm. That's a nightmare to me. <laughs> yeah. You know, I recently was um, re-watching Saved by the Bell, and I noticed that that show is actually, like, done in a Memphis really? style. <laughs> Wow, yeah. that's so cool. <laughs> yeah, it's worth rewatching. It's got all the Atori Satsas like squiggles. Oh in my the- God, amazing. <laughs> I mean, I love that stuff. It's, it's so cool. And when you like think about it sort of as like a political and social movement or as like the design um, 
sort of like uh, child of like a political and social movement. It's it, it's so cool. You know, it's not just supposed to be fun. Really radical and crazy. Like they were really they were pretty out there, and I I love that. Pasadena. Um, Stan, of course. I love. Yeah. I mean, green and green houses and um, Spanish style stuff in Pasadena. Incredible. Yeah, I'm all for it. Love Pasadena. I don't know about the vibe, but I mean, the buildings I love. Yeah. Well, I heard Shia LaBeouf recently moved there. So I guess that's, it's a, it's a, it's maybe a violent and interesting vibe. <laughs> yeah, Rachel has this theory that Pasadena is a big, is, is, is on the rise right now. It is. I think you're completely <laughs> right. There, it, there's a lot of Instagram that looks like Pasadena, even if it's not in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, all right, wood burning fireplaces, Stan or Ban? Stan. Yeah, right? That was an, that's an easy one. Yeah. 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 I'm thinking if there's some Good. kind of like negative aspect to it, but I don't think there is. Well, I was in, in preparation for this podcast, I was reading this. I won't mention the name of the site, but like 20 things that are in and out for next year. Yeah. And one of them, one of the things that they said was out were wood burning fireplaces. What on earth? If everyone is like at home more, it seems like the nicest thing ever. It's like the greatest luxury in New York to have a wood. I know. I know. I don't know. My old apartment had one and my new one does not. And it's, it's already hurting me a little bit. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. You can come over and use mine, Sam. Don't worry. I have have YouTube. I can just pull up the (laughs) infinite you know, fireplace. You're not using your home office office, and you're actually working from bed. You can have your computer. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Okay, Axel Vervoort. Oh my God. Um, Definitely Stan, Axel Vervoort, but I ban Restoration Hardware for knocking him off so much, brutally, and, um, and really bringing, bringing, Axel's world down a peg. But, but I mean, I really, I'm really into it. I actually had a crazy experience about Axel Verward. I don't know if it would make sense for me to tell you. You can tell us. Well, no, I just, I went to this house in the, I went to this house in the Veneto that's like this really famous Renaissance building called La Malcontenta for the original, uh, you know, owner's wife, who was very malcontented, I guess, um, because she was kind of locked there, I think, for um, an infidelity. And, um, but it's this amazing Renaissance Palladian villa. And, um, and I, when I went there, I, wa- I walked in and, and it's still owned by the same family that built it, which is really wild. And um, they, they have all this very low furniture and it's all kind of upholstered in linens and um, it's sort of like very clean lines and there's, the rooms are very spare. And um, I thought, oh, like, I, I guess they redid it with Axel Verford. And, um, and then I learned uh, from, from them that actually Axel Verford had visited the house when he was like a young man and had been really influenced by it. And it was all done by, um, this kind of group of three people, but the, 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 the really interesting one was um, Paul Rodokanachi, who's like a total lost design figure, but he was the boyfriend of Jean-Michel Franck, who did wow. the Nelson Rockefeller apartment. And he, 
Yeah. He designed all this like low furniture in the 30s, like kind of a deco, but classical inspired space. And their whole like MO when they were decorating this was that they would always take the furniture, like at every step of the process, they would take the furniture out of the house and then introduce everything like back in one by one. They could find like the most essential ingredients of like how to make these rooms. And um, I was thinking about that so much when I saw um, uh, Kim and Kanye's house. Yeah, I know that seems like how he works too. Yeah, yeah. Incredible. The standard band reproduction furniture. Um, It depends which furniture we're talking about. Um, the Americana collection by Baker in the 50s. <laughs> I'm into it, but um, generally um, ban. Do you think, is there any, um, is there anything you can think of that, where like someone has knocked something off and it's actually kind of worked? Um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Um, and it kind of worked. I mean, the thing is like additioned pieces are kind of like a weird in-between. And I guess mm-hmm. it's fine, you know, like the Noguchi stuff, it's not like it's made by Noguchi. I mean, anything made by like a factory off of a pattern that, or like a design um, that, you know, is reproducible. I guess, you know, it's sort of okay. But anything that, you know, takes like artistry or is like very specific, I think is, is a bummer when people try to reproduce it. Um, it's, yeah, it's just sort of not as interesting as the real thing. I, I, I always think like, it's silly to buy something fake because like, just because you like that thing, if you can't get it, like just find something else you like, like furniture, yeah. like there's infinite right answers. It's, there's no one way to do like anything or to dr- address any design issue that you're thinking about. And Mm-hmm. And like, just find the thing that you can afford or you can, you know, locate or get made that is authentic, you know? Like, why would you want to live with something that's not the real deal? I don't know. I love that. That's great advice. Should we do some vibes? I think it's time for vibes. Let's do it. I wrote mine down so I can start. Go ahead. My first vibe is a very early morning walk. The best way to do this is before you've even had coffee. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, because I, I tend to like, I like to take a walk in the afternoon, but I've started taking a walk at like seven o'clock in the morning Damn. and it's magical. That's so cool. That's very cool. It's very Greta Garbo of you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Covering my face with a newspaper as I walk around. Yeah, you transfer all of your belongings into like an old wine bag. Yeah. <laughs> or <the> walk. <laughs> my vibe is polo shirts. It's partly because wow. um, Adam and I are both wearing navy polo shirts right now. I love your polo um, shirt. Sorry. I love your polo shirt. Thank you. It's from Boast, uh, one of the OG uh, tennis, tennis polo outfitters. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, or they might've started as squash, I don't remember. Um, but I recently got a, uh, a Lacoste, a, a, a white Lacoste polo that they made um, with the Boston shop concepts. Mm. And I got a size medium, which is the size I wear. And it's huge. It's like enormously oversized. And it's so oh, cool, nice. I love it. Oh, I wear it like almost every day. 
Um, it's just this big baggy white Lacoste polo. Um, and so, you know, I think polo, I, I, I grew up with a complicated relationship to polo shirts because I grew up playing golf and, um, you know, you see a lot of really brutal, brutal polos. Wow. Um, um, but if you can get a Lacoste polo, a Boast polo, uh, or like a vintage Ralph polo, yeah. um, you know, in, in, in a classic solid color, I think there's like, yeah, there's really nothing better in, uh, in summertime. I love that. What about, um, what about Longchamp bags? I love <laughs> yes. Longchamp bags. I, I really I, like Longchamp bags. So somebody told me that Rem Koolhaas has a Longchamp bag and, <laughs> and I know that people are kind of off the Rem Koolhaas train right now and I understand that, but it still just sort of brought to life the, the Longchamp bag as like a actually something that has a lot of potential. And I, I, I'm interested what you think. I, I have a Longchamp bag and I love it. Okay, great, love it. I just love yeah. that the guy who like, you know, whose firm does all the Prada stores like proudly carries a Longchamp bag. Right. That's and so cool. And he does too, yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Bakioki, but he also does another- Rem does, product. yeah. He does, yeah. Yeah. Wow. I bet Muchia Prada has a Longchamp bag, honestly. <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, it's it's kind of amazing. I don't know. I don't have one, but I'm... I'm... What I think is really cool is the huge ones for, like, the huge Longchamp mm-hmm. duffels for traveling. Right. That's where it's at. It's the huge, yeah. huge, huge ones. Yeah. Like, you throw it on top of your, uh, you know, wheelie, uh, on top of your Ramoa or whatever. I mean, that's like... There's nothing you're better. to me. It's you're definitely to your to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I have I have one of those big duffel longchamp bags and I bought it in um I bought it during a, like a layover in a, a Swiss airport. Love it. Yeah. He's like where you should buy it. That is. Um okay, uh, should we do one more round? I have another Let's vibe. Let's do one more round. Okay. So my vibe is Martin Denny who is like a 1940s 50s 60s composer who did this like really far out like tropical music with like birds singing and screaming. It's really good. I don't know it, but I mean, I think I can probably just stand it. Yeah. (laughs) That sounds great. Stand without even hearing it. (laughs) It sounds sounds more like an objective kind of. Yeah, well, we I, I put it on and my mom and I were like dancing to it together and like setting the table. And I think I'll put it on again and we'll make dark and stormies. Wow. Yeah. I want to come over to the Tashin's house this afternoon. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> um, my vibe is a, is a reading recommendation, um, which is an essay and book forum by uh, Max Reed called Going Postal. And well, this is sort of a two-part book recommendation. That's the first part, or uh, a, a two-part reading recommendation. Mm. That's the first part. It's a book review and it's about our uh, relentless death drive on Twitter. And the fact that even though everyone who's sort of like quote unquote extremely online in like the media uh, industry knows that Twitter is way more trouble than it's worth and knows that Twitter is like extremely toxic and personally very dangerous uh, to like your reputation and career if you get too out of pocket, Mm. which um, people, especially during quarantine, kept doing like relentlessly. Um, It's about, you know, like the human desire to basically like destroy one's life on Twitter and what that says about 
<clears throat> moment and how broken our psyches are right now. And, and it, it hit pretty, it hit pretty different, um, I'll say. And, uh, uh, and the second part of that recommendation is um, a, a really great Jaron Lanier profile um, in the current issue of GQ by Zach Barron. Um, and Jaron Lanier is this, is this Silicon Valley insider tech futurist turned critic um, who he basically laid a lot of the um, like intellectual groundwork for um, what Max was talking about in his book form essay. Um, so I would read both of those um, to the listeners at home if you if you have not already um, the Jaron Lanier piece and the Max Reed piece. Rod, what about this one? What about um, tete a tete furniture? You know, it's like oh, where like the with the two back -to -back. seats. Oh yes, yes. Yeah, where you can like talk talk between them or any kind of conjoined furniture where it's like sofas that are back to back, but it's one sofa, um, all that kind of weird um, like bionic furniture. That's so I cool. feel I feel like that's like very I don't know if she actually had these in her apartment but I feel like Diane von Furstenberg and like Egon <laughs> when they like lived in the same building but on different floors like they had separate apartments I feel like she had a lot of those right oh that's a great book this by the way for for the listener <laughs> is Egon von Furstenberg's book do you know what I'm talking about oh what's it it's called the map I think it's called Designing in the Masculine Style. Um, That's so sick. Uh, wait, let me look it up. Egon Furstenberg. It's and like the cover picture, um, like a leather room with like a chain, like curtains. Um, wow. That's the masculine style. Oh, 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 no, I'm sorry. It's called The Power Look at Home Decorating for Men. Anyway. That's amazing. Yeah, highly recommend it. Zaddy style <laughs> decorating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Adam. This was really fun. Thank you. Yeah, it was really fun. Thanks so much for having me. We'll send you pictures of Sam's apartment after he's finished and you great. can critique I it. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait to see. <laughs> um, guys, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>